0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on another bright day in a rather deserted city of Westminster in these current times, as once again we put the topic of leadership under the spotlight. I'm your host, Scott Chaloner, and I'm joined on today's programme by Paul Cusack. Paul is the Managing Director of Cockermouth Travel in Cumbria, one of the largest independent travel agents in the UK. Paul, welcome to the programme, and it's great to have you on the air with us on this fine day.
1: Thank you, Scott. Nice to be here.
0: Likewise, Paul. Thank you ever so much for taking the uh, time to join us. And the purpose of this discussion is really to understand your take on leadership. and. Leadership, I think, is something, it's fair to say, that's really been put to the test at the moment, isn't it? With the emergence of this COVID-19 pandemic and business leaders having to really feel their way through this unprecedented crisis and indeed chart a course through this strange territory. Tell me, for somebody who is working within the travel industry, such as yourself, how has it been attempting to navigate the last few weeks and months? Because I imagine it's been a tremendous challenge in that respect.
1: Uh, it, it has been quite a challenge in time. I mean, I'm a very resilient person. Uh, as a business, we've been through many crises, including uh, two floods and uh, volcanic ash clouds, the September the 11th disaster, uh, and, and so on. So but the, the, this crisis has been different because of the, the length of time that it's taken to resolve it and obviously still unresolved at the moment. So it, it, it's really, I'm finding that as well as having to be to sort of lead the staff and liaise with clients you've almost got to be a little bit of a uh, psychologist come shoulder to cry cry on almost both for the within the, within the my team and uh, with customers as well so yes quite a challenging time
0: and people management becomes incredibly important, and as you say, for the customers, but also staff as well, because they need some much needed reassurance from their business leaders that things are going to be okay in the future. But amid all of the uncertainty, um, the business leaders n- don't necessarily know much more than those around them. So it can be quite difficult to keep the communication channels open, keep that information getting out there, and also just provide that reassurance that's needed.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have half of my team furloughed at the moment, and I think initially I, I probably didn't uh, sort of think about them too much, but then it sort of dawned on me that they would be worrying and, and struggling too, so I have made the effort to uh, to make contact them with, with them on a weekly basis and just have a chat, really. Um, you know, you don't need to tell them a, a great deal, you just need to be there at the end of the phone and sort of reassure them and... and, and t- you know, let them get any issues or worries that they may have off the chest.
0: Mm. And we've heard some incredible stories during this time haven't we, about how people have responded to the crisis, how it's brought people closer together and how employees, whether they've had to adjust to working remotely or whether they've had to continue to work on site they've just plugged away and really got on with things to try and keep things ticking over. Um, Have you, Paul, been inspired by the way that those around you have reacted to this crisis?
1: I have actually. I mean the the team that I have um, working with me to sort of keep the business going and liaise with clients has been, uh, they've been absolutely fantastic. they have uh, I haven't really needed to, to, to lead them, if you like. They've taken the initiative themselves and been very, very proactive and, and taken a huge amount of pressure off myself, which I, which I hugely appreciate. And uh, it, it's, it's nice to know that they've got your back, as it were. And uh, I think that comes from, Things we've done in the past about empowering the team to, you know, to, to work through things, problems and issues themselves. And now that we're dealing with problems and issues on an hourly basis instead of a sort of every two or three weeks, um, you know, that that sort of work we've done in the past seems to have really paid off. And it's really coming to the fore at the moment.
0: And proactivity is something that's incredibly important um, at the moment as businesses having to plan for a certain eventualities. Um, and you've seen that amongst, of course, those around you, as you've said, Paul. Um, but even though this has been an incredibly tragic and an incredibly difficult time for businesses, families alike, do you think that there are some positives to come from this experience in the sense that it helps businesses become more resilient, it helps leaders become stronger, having this experience of crisis management, and having people needing to go beyond their comfort zones to keep things ticking over. That's helping them develop, isn't it?
1: Uh, I I think it is, but I also think, um, for want of a better word, it's uh, it's, uh, probably going to sort the men from the boys. You know, people and and lots of businesses are under incredible amounts of pressure, and how you react and how you cope with this crisis will certainly for the next couple of years define your business and and it will be make or break for a lot of businesses so you need need to really really take the bull by the horns and and be ultra proactive whether it be in the marketing of your business uh the way that you manage your team the way that you make the hard decisions that will be have to be made um you know it'll probably define who survives
0: exactly right and um we talked about um during this uh, discussion already about how the reaction of those around you has been a source of inspiration for you during this time. But is there anything else that really sticks out that's inspired or had a profound influence on you as you've developed in your career, Paul, and really helped define your style of leadership, if you will?
1: Um, Yeah, I I mean, you know, you you talk about famous people like probably Sir Sir Richard Branson, you know, sports leaders, maybe, you know, Martin Johnson, guys like this sort of lead. Every, people everybody knows um i have a, a local guy in my area who, was, who inspired me to work longer and harder when i was younger um he was somebody that uh, i used to drive past his offices on the way to work and he, he you know he was always there sort of 10 12 hours a day putting the the hard graft in and uh i quickly learned that sort of the harder the work you look the luckier you got um you know he he, he was and still is an inspiration um you know, you, you do take inspiration from, from people around you, people who, who work out, even people like, you know, I'm watching a series on the moment about Michael Jordan, the incredible American basketball player, and his mm. work ethic was incredible. So, yeah, lots of inspirational people have probably helped me over the years.
0: Mm. And some of the most influential can be the people closest to us, can't they? They can be friends, they can be colleagues, they can be mentors, family, even, um, as you rightfully say, people you've worked with there. Um do you think that maybe we recognise those sorts of leaders um, enough? Because we often associate leadership with the public eye, don't we? With sort of celebrity, with being sports personalities, with politics, for example. And so sometimes perhaps recognition for those sorts of people and their achievements can fall by the wayside in comparison.
1: Oh, very much so. I think um, people often, you know, are often un- unrecognised completely, and they will go through life, often, you know, having worked incredibly hard and inspired. Hun- hundreds of people, but don't get any recognition from it and, and don't even get a, a, pack on the, a pat on the back. I, I think as well, some people, you know, I, I don't think people, I don't certainly need a pat on the back from anybody. To, you know, I, I'm I'm happy to, you know, to work hard and, and enjoy the rewards and also that I hope my staff enjoy the rewards as well. But I, I think it is important to some people, but not so much for others.
0: Goes to show, doesn't it, that leadership comes in many different forms and not every leader has to stick their head above the parapets. Some are just more than happy to sort of go about their business quietly and just really have a profound influence on people's lives as mentors and otherwise.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I think I can get a lot of personal satisfaction from knowing that we're successful, that we work hard, that my uh, team are... Uh, inspired and innovative—not innovative. That's incorrect. Um, inspired to work hard every day, for you know, to to maintain the business on its current levels, and hopefully going forward, uh, you know, we can reach greater heights. But uh, I certainly don't need any recognition for that.
0: And you talk, of course, about um, how impressive those people are around you in their work ethic, Paul. Um, do you think that? people who are good at what they do, good leaders as well, if you will, are born that way with certain innate qualities or do you think that it's something that one can develop as they move through their life and career?
1: Uh, I think it's a real mixture. You certainly need to have a certain certain strength of character but I think your life experiences, whether it be at school or uh, university, whether it's in your private life or in a sporting life, whatever whatever things may influence you and work for you would, would, you know, certainly help you become the person and then the leaders you know in in later life I mean I played a lot of rugby when I was younger and um, I think that gave me a certain strength of character um, some of the things we've coped with over the years have certainly given me more strength of character so uh, I think it, it it is definitely beneficial but it um, it's not something definitely 100% you're born with
0: Mm. Very interesting a point of view, Paul. can certainly see where you're coming from as far as that's uh, concerned. I think you have some qualities that you are born with such as that drive and that motivation and then skills and the development of those qualities are things that you can indeed hone as you uh, go through your your career. And if you were to give some advice actually to somebody who was maybe about to start their first day in a leadership role, what advice would you give them based upon your own experience?
1: Um, I think initially you know, to basically harvest as much information as you can from the people around you, from other leads around around you and, and learn on the job. I mean one of the things I always do is if I have issues or problems that need dealt with, I never make an instant decision because I think sometimes you'll make the wrong decision. I sit on it for twenty four hours, get my head around it, look at it from another person's point of view and from the perhaps the person who's creating the problem's point of view and And address it that way. So yeah, just become a sponge and absorb um, and and you will evolve and and grow into the role. Mm.
0: I think that's incredibly sound advice indeed, Paul. And um, thinking about the future again now before we do wrap things up on the uh, the programme today, if we look at the next year as we begin to move through this uh, COVID-19 pandemic and hopefully out of the other side, what do you envision for yourself and for Cockermouth Travel and what do you hope to achieve in that time and beyond?
1: Um, I think initially for, for the next 12 months, we need to, you know, there'll be a period of consolidation while things return to some semblance of normality. Uh, we have we had great systems in place with marketing and uh, our um, liaisons with the local community, if you like. We do a lot within the community to keep the business name out there, whether it will be charitable uh Things we plant uh, trees to offset our customers' carbon emissions and so on. So when things return to normal, we can t- continue to do those things. But I think it's more initially just to, you know, stabilize the business, make sure that we're doing everything as well and as correctly as we can be, and then when things do return to normal, we can start to play again.
0: Exactly right. And it's it'll be interesting part. to see um, how things uh, do develop as things do start to revert to this new normal that we can expect and indeed what that new normal will look like. And even though we are just about, unfortunately, out of time on the programme today, Paul, I think it would be great in the next year when we start to understand more about that to actually catch up and have you back on the programme just to see how the, the business is getting on and also how it's continuing to innovate within the uh, the travel um, industry um, as well to um, adjust to uh, this new normal that we will be seeing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm more than happy to come back on, Scott. I think
0: that would be fantastic, Paul. It's been a real informative and also really enjoyable experience um, having you on uh, the programme today for sure. And do take care and do stay safe with everything still going on as well.
1: You too. Thank you very much, Scott.
0: That was Paul Cusack, the Managing Director of Cockermouth Travel. Coming up next on the programme today, I'll be handing over to Jonathan White for his exclusive interview with Sir Andrew Strauss. Sir Andrew is the Director of Cricket for the England and Wales Cricket Board. And during his playing days, he was England captain, one of only three England captains, in fact, that were able to secure the ashes both at home and away in Australia. He is also the England Test captain with the second highest number of Test victories under his belt in history and I hope you enjoy listening to the interview just as much as Jonathan enjoyed speaking with Sir Andrew. That's coming up next.
2: Hello and welcome. I'm Jonathan White and today we're joined by Sir Andrew Strauss, former captain of the England cricket team and former director of cricket at the ECB. Sir Andrew, thank you very much for joining us today. Real pleasure to be here. Thank you. The pleasure is all of ours. You know, Andrew, you've had a distinguished career, as I said, both on and off the pitch in English cricket, recognised not least
3: Well, I, I think probably worth broadening out that a bit. It you lets. know, I, I think there are all sorts of different people that you have to um, sort of contend with in a team environment. And uh, the job of the leadership or the management is to tr- to try and sort of gel them all together and get them bought into what you're trying to do and whatever. So, you know, th- there are some people that are a bit more self-absorbed. There's some people that are slightly more maverick in the, the way they, they view the world. Um the World Cup final was quite extraordinary.
2: I know some fantastically avid cricket fans who were Googling there and then what exactly the rules became because I Yeah, well so were <laughs> I, <was> I actually <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. Um now and you in your in your wife's memory, you established the Ruth Strauss Foundation last year. Uh, in doing so, whether you'd admit it or not, yourself and the foundation has become an inspiration to thousands, husbands and wives, mothers and fathers, sons and daughters. Please do take some time if you wouldn't mind and you